Welcome to Camps at Sea podcast with Felicia Sanders. Today, I'm so excited to have Gabriel Wolf here from the Austrian Tourist Office Center, who's based in New York City. And Gabriel, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. Austria is one of my favorite countries. Thank you very much, Felicia, that you invited us to talk about Austria. And yeah, thank you for giving us this time. Oh, of course, especially during the holiday. It's one of my bucket list items is to visit the Christmas market, right? <laughs> Absolutely. They are so magical. They are so wonderful. Yeah. And, um, they, start, they start out like four weeks before Christmas. Mm-hmm. We call it the ad- Advent season. And so okay. it's four Sundays before Christmas. Uh, and so that's a really tradition that's very strong all over Austria. You find it in the cities, you find it in the countryside. And it's 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 a nice time to lead up to Christmas Eve. To Christmas Eve, right. So I guess with the whole pandemic, um, how has Austria been, I guess, you know, because I know that's what most people probably are wondering right now, mm-hmm. um, especially those who love Europe. Yeah, I mean, like every other European country, we we, are, we we try to monitor the numbers. When the government see the numbers go too high, they close down and uh, request an, a lockdown of, of, of the population. So we closed down very early in March, mm-hmm. uh, the first lockdown. And then, um, so, so that was very successful. And then we... Uh, st- developed a program where we did safety testing uh, in in all the areas of tourism. Okay. So we came out of the first lockdown, then we went into a summer season and we had uh, safety testing all over the Austria every week. Uh, people who are in tourism were tested uh, voluntarily. And so hotels and restaurant owners and and all of the people who were in contact with people. And we turned out to be having a good summer season uh, from especially in the countryside uh, and especially from the European countries. So the European countries were traveling this year within mm-hmm. the Schengen area, uh, but um, there was no travel from the U.S. Uh, to Austria. Um, so now we are just in this third lockdown so in the beginning of november the numbers went up so we had a second lockdown that always means uh, only the essential businesses are open people are wearing masks when they go out uh, and only for certain uh, numbers of uh, hours of the day they can go out and they can only gather in small groups not large groups so events all of that were cancelled during that time so now Christmas is coming up. Uh, we're going into a third lockdown phase right after the holidays. On the 28th, we will be locking down the city, take the, uh, the country again. And um, the, so there will be no Christmas markets this year. But it will be okay. locked down again till January 18th until the numbers are under control. The ski resorts will remain open with very strong safety measures. So the local people and day guests can come and ski. And uh, yeah, so it's just we, our government is watching very carefully what's happening and then communicate to our people what they should be doing. And it works quite mm-hmm. well. So. Well, that's that's great. Yeah, I figure the Christmas market probably is not happening, right, because of the lockdown this year. Yeah. yeah. Next year, we're all looking forward. November 28th is the first Advent uh, Sunday. So this would be the time again to, to see and come and experience them. 
That's wonderful. And you said 28th, um, and does it typically go past Christmas or until Christmas Eve? Like, how long does it last? Until Christmas Eve. Until so Christmas Eve. If Christmas Eve is on a Sunday, then it's the fourth Advent Sunday. If it's, mm -hmm. it's the Sunday before Christmas Eve, then this is the last uh, um, Sunday where we have usually a traditional Advent week with four candles on it. And every Sunday that we burn a candle more. So the first uh, Sunday you have one candle, the second, a second candle and so on. Oh, that's so beautiful. And, and what does the candle symbolize for those of us who are not familiar with? Um, I don't know the specific symbolization, mm -hmm. except it's leading up in the waiting time. Right. For, I mean, it's a Christian holiday. So right. uh, Christmas Eve is the birth of Christ. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a time of anticipation, a, a time of uh, contemplation. Families are together. They are starting to... I mean, mm -hmm. I come from Salzburg. People are together. I've been there. I love Salzburg. <laughs> <laughs> we went to the the salt mining. That was wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Halein, Very yeah. fun. Because you can take the the slide to go down from yes. the mining place. That was so fun. Yeah, definitely. For those of you who haven't been to Austria, that's one of the bucket list um, places that you must check out. That and I love Halstad. Is that yeah. how you pronounce it, Halstad? Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh, it's it's one of those places that like it makes you feel you're like in a storybook. It's so pristine, and you guys maintain the environment so well. The yeah. water is so clear. It's it's gorgeous. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Yeah, I mean, Hallstatt is a picture-perfect uh, location. The mm -hmm. National Geographic says it's the most, it's the place where the most pictures are taken from in all of Austria. But they also say, although I read that Frozen, the movie Frozen, yes. so the village in the movie Frozen was based on Hallstatt. Uh, oh, okay. It's it's the it's the combination between the lake and the mountains and the and the way the houses are built into the mountains. It's just really beautiful. And the reason we have such clean lakes is because of environmental measures that date back in the 70s. Uh, we made sure that no no uh, dirt or uh, gray waters will go into the lakes and canals were established. So Austria lakes have drink water quality today. So it's very clean. all of the lakes in Austria, yeah. Yeah, that was one of the first thing that that stood out for me is how clean everything is. And the lakes are just kind of one of those things. You can almost see your reflection clearly in the lake because it's so clean. Yeah, yeah. And if, if, if I'm not mistaken, you cannot drive in there, right? You cannot drive in the, in the town. You have to walk, right? Because you guys in are trying to limit. Yeah, that's one of the places where you cannot drive. Right. Um, it's a very small town and it receives many visitors from all over the world. Yep. Uh, and so they had to, they had a lot of congestions there. So now they have a place outside of the village where people park mm -hmm. and then you can take a bus into Hallstatt. Okay. Now remind me again, for those of us who are not as familiar with the lakes regulation, because I know one of the questions that I get asked sometimes, like, you know, people when they think about lakes, it's like, oh, can we swim or can we um, fish there? Now, I know in Halstead area, I didn't see anyone 
did that. So I didn't know if it because it was prohibited or, you know, like, how do you know which lakes you can swim and um, well, you're allowed in all of the lakes to swim. Uh, the reason you might not have seen many people swim in Hallstatt is the lake is very cold. Mm-hmm. I figure that. <laughs> it was fresh Alps <laughs> water. That was clean, yes. What about fishing? Is that allowed? Yeah, you need to get a license for it. Okay, okay. You can just fish regular anywhere. So you go to the local uh, licensing office and you, you have to pay for a license. That's okay. That's good to know. Um, and I mean, other than way s- they also keep, um, uh, uh, they, they give only as much out as many licenses as there is. Uh, it's sustainable for the fish population. To be right. Free. So that, that's a way of uh, control that we don't overfish. That's, that's beautiful. Yes. I can tell like you guys really care about your environment. Even, even with um, some of the places that we stayed at, it's very, um, it, um, environmentally friendly um, everything is very green that stood out and um, I think if people who are listening I think you know Austria is kind of like nestled between Germany and remind me again who's the neighboring country so like you oh know, yeah we have so many of them <laughs> right <laughs> yeah we have eight countries Austria oh. in the middle in the center of eight countries oh. so there would be Germany there would be Switzerland there would be Liechtenstein Italy Slovenia uh, Hungary um, uh, Czech Republic Slovak Republic okay eight yeah oh like wow Mm-hmm. That's yeah, and the reason why I, I kind of want to highlight that is because I think it's one of those countries that you can easily bake into your um itinerary planning, mm-hmm. and it's one of it gives you that added like it totally was like the highlight of, of my trip, and I'm so glad that I added Hallstatt in Salzburg, Salzburg from um Munich because how accessible it is to get there and we took a train and so you know it's it's very very affordable um you know as long as you plan accordingly but um because you guys are have so many neighboring countries like how many languages does a typical like Austrian speak and what's the main language that you speak so we speak German in Austria Okay. Uh, German, not the same German as in Germany because we have dialects in various regions. Mm-hmm. The clearest German uh, spoken is in Vienna, uh, but every other region has their own regional dialect. Um, and then uh, we, we, when we go to school, we typically learn at least two languages. English, and then people switch between Italian and French, or like we speak a lot of language because also tourism is a big part of Austria. And uh, so, uh, yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah, the people just speak lots of languages. Oh, I love that. I, I, I am amazed, like I, I'm bilingual, but I also amazed with people who can just speak so many different languages. It comes so handy, especially when you travel, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> It's true. It's true. Um, so other than Salzburg and Hallstead, um, do you have any other like favorite destinations or that you would advise people who who probably are not as, you know, keen with Europe um, vibes? Like where would be a good start um, in Austria to start with? Well, um, I think Vienna is a must, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and Vienna is our capital city and was the seat of the Habsburgs for over 600 years. There's a lot of great 
cultural heritage that's there. Uh, but then the countryside is so beautiful, you know. We have a very beautiful wine region that's centered around the eastern part of Austria, the Wachau Valley. Sometimes you see it on the river cruise items. Yes. Um, so the Wachau Valley is an amazing wine region and we have they have beautiful little mountains and a trail that uh, uh, you can take. So you would be walking um, alongside the vineyard. And uh, so that's a great thing to do. And then also biking. Biking is a big deal in Austria. Uh, and so we have biking trails everywhere. So you can also take the Danube bicycle path uh, from mm -hmm. Vienna through the Wacker Valley, going further into uh, Linz and then into Germany. Uh, so that's a really good thing to do. Um, and then uh, two hours south of, Innsbruck, uh, of Munich is Innsbruck. It's such a beautiful Tyrolean village. Uh, so you have a lot of traditional traditions there. And if you're from Munich on the route to Italy, you want to stop there. But the whole Tyrol region, this is where most Tyrol and Salzburg and Vorarlberg is where our ski areas are. So you go into mountains. When you go into the western part of Austria, you are in the mountainous regions. Okay. And so, yeah, I think the Tyrol is great. And then Vorarlberg, not many people know it, but it's that little um, state. We have nine different states. We, they all have names. And Vorarlberg is a small one that is um, connected to Switzerland. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, they have amazing, beautiful lake there, Lake Constance. And uh, the Bregenzer Forest, that's an area behind the lake. And it's... It's beautiful and it's it's very traditional and it's very well kept. They have very interesting architecture, modern and traditional combined. So I like that area. Also, I have my best friend lives there, so I go there quite often. Oh, there and you I, go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it's Graz. Graz is Graz, uh, okay. two hours south of Vienna, mm -hmm. um, en route to if you go to Croatia or Slovenia, this would be the place you want to stop. And in the summer, it becomes this uh, Mediterranean sort of town, very nice climate. They have really good wines there. They have really good food there, Ooh. very food-centric area. And... Uh, yeah, they have some old Renaissance buildings you can visit. That's really, that's a whole different part of Austria that is quite different than, like, let's say the Tyrol region. See, I, I love visiting places that are unique, you know, that th th have that unique flavor, but is also a part of a tradition. So I'll be sure... Um, for those of you guys listening, we're actually, Gabrielle and I are going to compile all the information that we're, that she's highlighting on this podcast. And I will be posting a lot more details on the blog. So you guys can actually have the link and can, can start planning. If you're planning on traveling again, um, you know, you can actually get the actual name and the pronunciation <laughs> and all that good tips about, you know, traveling specifically coming from the expert um, herself. So um, that's great. And what about when is the best time to go for us, like to go to Austria? Well, Austria in general is a four seasons destination. 
you know right now it's the winter you go to austria um in the winter time for the christmas markets but you can also go to the vienna for mm -hmm. the ball season you can ring in the new year in vienna and then participate in a ball uh till february actually the ball season lasts and okay. uh, and we have about 300 balls there it's really nice it's a it's a beautiful tradition if you like to dance you can go to these balls and if you just like watching people dance you can go as well you dress yourself up in a nice uh ball gown and tuxedo so it's like cinderella ball ball dancing kind of <laughs> like people <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome so do you like if you want to participate do you have to actually dress up because i know when i'm traveling yeah. i okay so you do have to dress the, for the occasion okay. yeah it's a very it's a formal event uh and austrians uh like to dress up and mm -hmm. that you would do in order to go to one of those balls now can, can kids go kids yes or is that I for think. adults only I don't even know. I don't think I've ever seen kids at a ball. Yeah, I've, I okay. figure it's probably a dog. Find out. We could find out. <laughs> yes. well, we'll you know, if they're dressed up and like to dance too. Right. I but know my daughter likes to dance. I mean, she probably wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I know a lot of, you know, little girls usually like to dress up. So that would yeah. be pretty yeah. cool to do something like that. Yeah. Um, what about other Austrian tradition? Is there any any things that you want to highlight that maybe not a lot of people are aware of? Austrian traditions. Mm -hmm. I mean, around Christmas, people know about the Christmas uh, markets, mm -hmm. but there's beautiful um, customs around Christmas that people don't know. Uh, for example, um, the four weeks before Christmas, we, uh, like in schools and in, in public, uh, uh, children perform um, uh, Advent um, singing and the story of Christ. So that's always a really nice thing to do. Um, and um, and I also want to mention that the Silent Night, Holy Night uh, mm -hmm. song is from Austria. And, um, and the sound of music, right? The sound of music too, yes. So musical export mm -hmm. to the world here. Um, so yeah, so Silent Night, Holy Night was created in Austria wow. in 1818. And uh, yeah, it's, it's something, it's a really good song for Austria. And then Sound of Music, Aust Salzburg is the destination that's more attached to Sound of Music than any other destination. So you have a Sound of Music tour, you have a Fräulein Maria uh, bicycle tour. Uh, we have, I believe now, a new museum dedicated to the story of Sound of Music. So... There is many things you can do uh, around Sound of Music in Salzburg. Oh, yeah. so that's usually for the winter time. Mm -hmm. And then um, spring. Spring is a beautiful time to visit Austria. May and June is, uh, for example, in the Wacha Valley, there is the apricot. Um, the apricots are blooming there. It's a region where they have apricots. And when those trees are blooming, uh, just it's just really gorgeous. Yeah, and when um, when would be the best when are they blooming just any time in the springtime or specific uh late late april late april mm -hmm. oh wow okay and can yeah. you actually buy the apricots or do you is, is it more like you it's like cherry blossom you go there and 
Yeah, you just walk around. Yeah, mm-hmm. you just walk around. And uh, of course, you can buy a lot of things apricot related, apricot related there. Okay. And then uh, in Tyrol, people like to watch when the cows come go up or down from the from the pastures. Um, it's they're going up usually when the snow starts to melt in the mountains. In, I think it's in June, and then they're coming back down in September. So for the whole. Oh. Summer months, they are staying up in the pastures. The farmers, they 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 work together, and then one farmer stays up in the in in the in the pastures, and uh, watches the cows. And I mean, they eat much better grass, and they give really beautiful milk that way. So it's very good for them. So when they go up. That's usually in a Tyrolean village. The whole village comes down. The cows are being decorated and they're being oh. set up to the pastures. And uh, in September, they're coming back down. It's the same thing, you know. There's yeah. Usually, you can't say exactly when it is because it depends on the weather. And it's an individual decision every year. But it's usually mid-September and I think going up is mid-June. And, and where can you find more information about, like, if you're wanting to to see the... Is it a festival, first of all, or is it just kind of like... It's a village a celebration. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, like, Innsbruck, for example, has uh, 12 villages all around them. And mm-hmm. so this is where farms are located. And so you would talk to, send an... an a request to the Innsbruck tourist office um, maybe a few months ahead of time. Maybe they already know. Uh, sometimes they don't really know. So sometimes maybe you just get lucky and you're there at the right time. Right, right. And speaking of festival, I noticed that you guys also celebrate Oktoberfest, which is not a lot of people know that the neighboring country of Germany also have mini festival of Oktoberfest. Is that is that true? Well, Oktoberfest, the way it's done in Germany, no, we don't have that per se. But we have old breweries where you can go and Mm -hmm. taste beer. The the beer traditions, every Austrian uh, state has their own beer tradition, but where you find the most beer traditions is in Salzburg and the surrounding of Salzburg, uh, in the Tyrol region, uh, also in Vorarlberg. So in the mountainous areas, you find a lot of them. And uh, yeah, so you go into local breweries and, mm-hmm. um, and that's where you, uh, we can, you can experience the beer in the big uh, style. Yes. <laughs> the way you would experience at the Oktoberfest, but we don't have an Oktoberfest per se. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, what about the Austrian food? Is it like for people who are traveling to Austria, what are some of the must try food or cookies or anything that they must at least try that food? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> what would you say? Well, I mean, Austria is a very strong farm to table movement. So we are leaders in biodynamic and organic farming within Europe. So Austria oh, okay. has always been very biodynamic oriented, uh, going back to Rudolf Steiner. But in the 90s, the Austrian government has put new programs into place and a lot the initiative caused a lot of uh, farmers to go biodynamic and organic. Uh, so what you find usually is food vegetables, you find meats, you find sausages, 
your mm-hmm. normal sauerkraut is there. Uh, but it's also now much more refined because of um, vegetarianism and like a lot of young people are also don't eat as much meat. So we have the things that we call um, make into really good, beautiful vegetarian dishes. Oh, um, interesting. Okay. I mean, my personal favorite will always be a Wiener Schnitzel. Uh, Wiener Schnitzel is... I love is, uh, is, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think I eat that every day when I was yeah. there. <laughs> Yeah, so and good. you can't really get away from the apple stool and the chocolate cake if you want to taste it because you have to. It's 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 very much the chocolate cake, the Sachertorte in Vienna. Okay, the apple strudel more in the western part. Hmm. But if you ever go into a pastry shop in Austria, there is usually a big um, a glass uh, display of so many cakes you have never heard of. We make cakes from farmer's cheese. Uh, we make cakes with berries. Uh, we make, uh, in the summer, we make fresh uh, cakes with uh, fresh berries on them. They're so good. Uh, so we have a lot, but I think the standouts are, is, of course, the Wiener Schnitzel, the Apostel, and um, uh, the Sachertorte. But there's so many more to explore. So I would right. just encourage everybody to go into a pastry shop and just look at all of these what about for um like christmas dinner or new year's dinner do you have a specific like ways to celebrate like specific dish that most austrian family cook for special occasion i think it depends on the regions um, okay. um when i grew up uh, christmas eve was a very we didn't eat a lot christmas eve you went out for the day, you did an activity during the day, you came home, uh, and then you ate, we ate lots of metwurstel, we call them like sausages, they are just made for the Christmas time. And then um, we would go into, um, that's what the first time when we see our Christmas tree. So about seven o'clock, you open the door and then we oh, have really? a fully lit Christmas tree, yes. And then we open the presents and, yeah, it's a very special evening for us and very calm and quiet. Most of the stores are closed. The restaurants are closed. Hardly any cars are out there. It's a very quiet, somber night and uh, all the families are together. Oh, At least the Christian families are together. So and you don't even get to see the Christmas tree typically until the actual Christmas Morning? No, 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 and we also really? don't have Santa Claus. We oh, Santa really? We have a Christ Child. The Christ Child is bringing all our presents. Christ Child, okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. It's, in German, we call it the Christkind. Right, 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 right. Okay, okay. Um, so it's a very like so you don't really do a lot of celebration the Christmas Eve. You're doing the celebrating like on the actual Christmas Day. Yeah. On the 25th and on the 26th. Oh. So I remember, like in Vienna, it's very, um, very likely that you will have a duck or a goose for, for Christmas. Uh, we have sometimes fish, carp, um, we have that. Um, like some fish you find in, in the Austrian lakes. Um, we don't have a very big turkey tradition at all. Mm-hmm. It is not part of anything. Uh, and my family, usually they go out. So the 25th and 26th, the restaurants are all booked up because everybody goes out for dinner. They don't okay. want to 
work at home. They want to just go together as families and on the 25th and the 26th. So there's a lot of people out in restaurants everywhere. So if people are thinking about celebrating um, Christmas in Austria, maybe, you know, in year, like next year or something like that, do you think... Do you think it's a good time to travel during the actual Christmas Eve because there's going to be a lot of shops close? Well, uh, you can come up to Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, do you mm-hmm. will want to, you will need to be prepared by, be by yourself, but it's very beautiful. Right. It's very right. solemn. It's very, so if you're traveling with your family, there's a good chance you just sit in your uh, in, in your environment, hotels, I mean, mm-hmm. hotels always watch out for their guests and make sure that they uh, have everything that they need. But it's a very uh, calm evening. And uh, a lot of people go to Christmas mat. So okay. mass um, late that evening would be something you might want to do. Um, mm-hmm. And then for the 25th and 26th, I would just say you can go out for restaurants as well. And you can be prepared to find a lot of people out uh, but you want to make reservations ahead of time got it got it so they will be open on the 25th and 26th yeah. um, you just have to pre-plan ahead of time to make sure you get a table <laughs> at a decent time especially when you're traveling with families um, what about like tours and excursion are they typically closed during this time of year no, they are oh, they're open. Okay. Very, yeah. It's only the 24th that it's a very calm Got it. Uh, okay. time. The, cl- okay. the shops close at six o'clock. They're open till six. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, up until the 24th at six, there will be, everything will be open. Okay. Now you mentioned something about Austrian cookies and I am so thankful that you sent me the cookies. Oh my gosh. It's so delicious. <laughs> I think my kids devour them all. I didn't, I think I only got one. <laughs> Is that a part of the tradition? Do you guys also like bake cookies? And is that on Christmas Day? Like typically, what it's so it this is the four weeks before Christmas Eve. This is what the uh, these weekends are for. Uh Everybody gets together, they bake the cookies, and everybody has their favorites. Uh, But we have something called a vanilla kipper. So we'll have that in writing. Uh, a cookie and that's in uh, in powdered sugar you put powdered sugar with vanilla extract together and so that's I think it's Austria's most favorite Christmas cookie but we have so many and every family has their own favorites and they're starting to bake by the end of November everybody's starting to bake some and every weekend some more so you eat throughout the, uh, the the advent season but then you still have some left for christmas the christmas days right right now what's yours what's your favorite do you have mine is vanilla kipper that one okay yeah. that's the second so one the yes second i know one i gotta i gotta write it down on the blog post and the details so you guys can actually learn how to make it and i think thank you for sending me the recipe too so we can also post that in case if some of you our bakers out there you can bring some of the Austrian yeah. home yeah it's beautiful honestly I feel like cooking with a family baking that's like part of the joy of Christmas and then when you involve them with you know like different tradition different culture I think how much fun would it be to kind of infuse some of the learning some of the cultural you know conversation it's just so much fun to do it with your kids and family during this holiday especially during the 
the lockdown to me, it's like the closest thing you can ever get, you know, to actually being there in person, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, my memories from Christmas are so strong still with me to this day, you know, mm-hmm. like one, one day, uh, they took us out to the chapel where Silent Night uh, was performed for the first time. And I remember it was five o'clock in the afternoon, and it started snowing a little bit. And they came out with a guitar and they were singing Silent Night there. I mean, it was so special. I mean, somebody, everybody who is there on the 24th in the afternoon, they can do this. They can go to Oberndorf. That's a village outside of Salzburg, about 20 minutes outside of Salzburg. You can take a train there. It's very easy to get to. And you can, it's free and you just stand there and you're transformed and then you listen to this beautiful song. So it's really, it's still with me. I know exactly that moment from where I went there. So I think when you... As children, you you leave these traditions. They will never leave you. It's it's so true, and I think what a great way to tie to the message of um, your favorite quotes, which is so much of who we are is where we have been, right? Because just like the way you're describing it, I can sense like everything about you just lit up and your face just kind of brighten up. And in the moment, like 2020, like what better way to celebrate life with celebrating those small moments that you didn't even think it's going to make an impact for life, but it does, you know, it changes forever. Yeah. And I think it's so true, right? It's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I have most amazing moments in travel and I can conjure them up any point I want to. I can look at a picture and I know exactly where I have been and what the air, what the feeling was like and what the sunset was like, or yes. it's really, it's, I'm very, very fond. I think travel is really transformative in that way. It it's healing it too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so um, do you have any fun travel planned right now? Like, do you, I mean, I'm sure you've been to so many different countries, I can't imagine. Um, yeah. But do you have anything that, you know, either on your bucket list or you wish, you know, to go one day? Well, I think in May, I'm going to go back to Austria. I love spring. It's just mm-hmm. a really, really beautiful time in Austria. So I go there back in May. Mm-hmm. And as a as a pocket list item, I have two places that I definitely want to go. Mm-hmm. Actually, recently I thought of a third. I forgot now. Okay, I have to write this down. <laughs> so many, right? <laughs> yeah. So I want to uh, travel to Japan. I okay. really want to travel to Japan. Mm-hmm. And I want to go and see Tasmania. Oh, that's like on my bucket list too, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully and, the world will be open up soon, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 So, but in, in Europe, there's many places I haven't been. I travel a lot between the United States and Austria for the past, you know, over 30 years. I have traveled within the States. I've gone to Seattle this August. Okay. I have traveled the seashores and the Olympics, and that was absolutely wonderful. And uh, I want to do more of seashore hiking. Oh, yeah. Oceans are just really magical. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, there's so many places in this world. I haven't traveled much in Scandinavia. And, uh, I I mean, there's just so many there's places. There's so many places. And have you been to Virginia yet? 
<laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> you can, you're welcome. Let me know anytime you come to Virginia. I'll, I'll show you around. We, we don't have the, um, the Austrian mountain, but, you know, just to the west of where I live, um, we're kind of known as the Napa Valley of the East. So there's a lot of different oh, wow. beautiful wineries, um, a lot of craft, bre- craft breweries, too, since we were talking about beers earlier. So there's just a lot of different places. And our mountains are kind of like, you know, it's the Shenandoah Valley. So it's beautiful. It's a kind of a cool way to, you know, if you can't go abroad domestically, yeah. there are so many places to explore as well. The Shenandoah Valley, I have heard a lot about, like mm-hmm. the beauty of the Shenandoah Valley. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. It's pretty. I mean, it's pretty. Mm-hmm. Anywhere, anytime you go somewhere else and you see something else and meet other people, it's just what's transformative about travel. Right. And I think there is not another place that's not great to go right right and I noticed because like people who love to travel there's something about them that I feel like even when we're in distant places we're we're still you know there's like that common bond and we see life sometimes through a different lens and it's like life is just beautiful again and it's like where everything just seems full of colors you know sometimes like it's just nice to see how you do things or how you see things sometimes it's not the only way of doing things because you know and that's just beautiful so just to kind of wrap this up um if people are going to austria or planning to do um, an austrian trip someday what do you think is the one souvenir that they should bring back from (laughs) austria (laughs) okay 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 that couple things okay if you're in the tyrol region and you love a good ditches thief, they have schnapps. They have, they make, you know, a candy type of schnapps Mm -hmm. and uh, they make it out of either, mostly fruit. And they have a really big variety, very good uh, schnapps distilleries. So I would get a small bottle of that. Okay. Um, If you're in Salzburg, I would take uh, chocolate balls. They're called Mozart Kugel. They're named after Mozart. Oh, and, I see. and so uh, there are many different types of Mozartkugel, but you want the one that's silver and blue. And so that's handmade chocolate bars. They're filled with marzipan and nougat, and they're very, very good. Oh. So I would get those in Salzburg. And you say yeah. silver and blue? Yeah, silver and Wh- blue. Why, why no, the silver? The ones, um, um, they're machine-made. They're oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. They are everywhere as well. But if you really want to invest in handmade chocolate, you want to get those. Yes, definitely. And supporting the local business too, you know. Yeah. Um, well, they're okay. all local. Like the other mm-hmm. ones too. They're, they're all they local. just use machine basically. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then let's see. If you're in the Lake District, they have a lot of beautiful fabrics. Or they have... There is this one um, store that uh, supports uh, traditional artistry. And I saw a basket made out of cherry uh, uh, pits. Like, there's some, yeah, really? they, they use the things they have at hand and make out really beautiful items. So there's lots of artistry in that. So there are local markets where you can get those or local specialty stores. Um, then when you get to Vienna, 
Vienna has so many items, but one of the fun items I think is a snow globe. You can the, Vienna has a snow globe museum, and um, it's a hundred oh, years old now. Yeah, how fun! And so they put everything uh, in these little globes, and so it's a family business. And uh, for co uh, for COVID, they had a, a paper. They had two special editions. They had a uh, uh, toilet paper in a snow globe because of you toilet know, paper. Toilet <laughs> paper. And then they had a snowman with a little mask on it. This was their two uh, oh my God. items. Yeah, but they have usually, you know, some uh, landmark of Vienna or Johann Strauss or something like that. Uh -huh. When you're in Austria, I would also get a piece of music. You know, Austria is the country of music. Uh, yes. Vienna. All the important composers have lived in Vienna, so I would uh, look for something like that because Austrians are very knowledgeable about music, so they will tell you, oh, this performance is excellent, or you have, mm -hmm. to have this performance in your collection. Yeah. That's that's awesome. My mom is a piano fanatic, like she actually teaches piano, so she always wanted to to go to Austria and all the famous composers. I would say that's right up her alley. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it really, it's, it's this year it was Beethoven year. So a lot of exhibitions um, um, were scheduled for this year, but yeah, it, uh, there are, there's, for example, I'm going to send you a link to a curated um, video uh, of the curator of the Beethoven exhibition at the Museum of Fine Arts, uh, the Kunstdeutsche. Okay. That's really interesting because it's a modern take on Beethoven and what modern day artists have done with the genius of Beethoven. So oh, wow. Beethoven That's is great. considered a genius. And so, so this is very interesting. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, if you go down to Quartz, what I told earlier, mm -hmm. they have beautiful pumpkin seeds Pumpkin seed oil. Pumpkin seeds. Okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, this is this is very well done there. So yeah, that's that's great. And and you know again like all the links because uh, I know there's a lot of different information which I don't want you know to get lost in the shuffle. So um, after the podcast is released, we're gonna start working together with putting the compilation of all the different things that Gabrielle had highlighted here so that you guys can also experience some of the Austrian feel and traditions and things like that and at home until we are safe to travel again because um, there are so many and I absolutely love like everything that you send like the cookies just like being with the family feel you know like on Christmas Eve and just like the calmness and a lot of your music also influence a lot of um, calmness and mental health. You know, I, I figure people are just needing some calm and by listening to music, sometimes it's healing as well, um, you know, for the mind and the soul. So yeah. I'll be sure to add that into the, the podcast links and the blog posts. Um, and then once you send me the video, what I'm hoping to do is we're going to put together a short video of the different compilation for the things to highlight, um, whether it's for Austrian travel or just the tradition itself. So be on the lookout for that as well. Um, and then, Gabrielle, my last question for you is, you know, for people who are... Um, not as familiar with Austria, would you say, would, would planning a, um, a travel, let's say, to Austria, what, what would be the best way to 
kind of start your trip from? Is there like a, a place that is like, you know, let's start from there and then go south? Like, what would your recommendation be? Well, um, we as the Austrian tourist office, we have a lot of information on travel to Austria. So there's a very good website, mm -hmm. austria.info slash US. Okay. And okay. so we have itinerary suggestions on that website. Uh, we are going, so there's a lot of video content, what to do if you have one day in Salzburg, two days in uh, Innsbruck or three days in Vienna. So you can really uh, create an itinerary around it. Um, and then we have you, you know, who is a travel advisor yep. and uh, is very, we educate advisors very well, we like to say. And so um, that's so that's always a good, especially now beginning of next year, the travel advisor will have a very important role in, in putting itineraries together because there's so many you know things to know about borders yeah. and quarantines and um, so yeah. So I think travel advisors yep. would be a very important thing. Yes, and thank you for highlighting that. And, you know, for those of you who are listening, we'll put our information in case if you're interested. Um, we do have a lot of different connections, so we can definitely put together a memorable trip for you and your family. And, you know, I think the one thing that was really surprising to me is how family friendly it is, um, because I think Europe sometimes has this connotation. It's like, okay, you know, there's museums, but then it might not be as kids friendly. But I think like what Gabrielle was saying, you know, there's so many different possibilities. And I think the key is to know where to go, when to go, and the details matter to make sure like, you know, both adults and kids can have a great time and safely, right? So I'll be sure to link that up also so you know, um, you know, how to contact us for more information. Um, well, Gabrielle, I have so much fun today. I feel like I'm being transported to Austria for only even if it's virtually. <laughs> I mean, it's so sweet to say that. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. But thank you for letting me share my information, my memories, my ideas. And yeah, I would all hope that you get to visit Austria. It's a it's a small country in the heart of Europe, and I love it very much. It's a it's it's special to me, of course, why because I come from there. Right. Uh, and so yeah, it's beautiful. Yes, and let's hope that, you know, the the virus is going to go away so we all can, like, travel again, explore the world. But until then, hopefully you all who are listening out there today get a little bit of fun travel inspiration to brighten your day today. And um, don't forget to sign up for our newsletter so that you know when I post something that's new specifically to the conversation that we're talking about today and check out the camps at sea website it's camps at sea website and also check out the instagram account camps at sea 2 for daily inspirational and travel tips and things like that that you can have at your fingertips every day until next time ohana and have a great holiday